the All Room Podcast. Today is February 6th, 2024, and I'm your host, William Harris, aka William is Bill. Great to be back with you today on another great episode of the All Rookie Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the 2024 Rookie Rising Stars team. The team was just recently selected. We're pretty much at the halfway point of the season, a little bit past it. Uh, The All-Star game is coming up February 18th, so less than two weeks. So I figured it'd be a good time to talk about the rookies and how they're doing, who made the team, who didn't make the team, and how the guys are doing thus far this season. Now, let's start with some of the guys that made the team. Well, all the guys. There are 11 guys that made the team, interestingly enough. Um, It's weird that it's not 12. (laughs) The All-Star rosters are 12, but we have 11. And this year, if you're not familiar, if you were used to the rookie game back in the day, it used to be rookie versus rookie, two teams. Now it's rookie versus sophomores. So um, right now we have Victor Wimbayama made the All-Star Rising rookie team, obviously. Chet Holmgren, Brandon Miller, Jaime Jaquez, Scoot Henderson, Keontae George, Derek Lively, Brandon Pazemski, Bilal Kulabali. Jordan Hawkins, and Kaysen Wallace. Those are your 11 guys that made this team. Who do you feel was left off? Does anybody come out and uh, come to mind right away? Well, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there for you. There were some other guys that were capable of making the squad, um, but that they did not, mainly because of lack of games. Cam Whitmore, he's sixth in scoring right now, but he's only played 26 games right now. And Kaysen Wallace, for instance, is the guy I think could come off. He's played 50 games. So that's the max of any rookie. Chet and Kaysen Wallace have played 50 games. Cam Whitmore, 26, so you're not going to make it. Trace Jackson Davis had a case. He's only played 35 games. Gigi Jackson has a case because he's balling right now. But for the whole season, he's only played 18 games. Amen Thompson ramping up, showing dynamicism, if that's a word. But he's at 30 games. Duop Reef. Older rookie, doing well when DeAndre Aiden is out, but only 38 games. The two guys that are really, really, they really have a case. Well, it's really three guys. All-Star Thompson, I think he should be in it over Kaysen for sure. Marcus Sasser and Tumani Kamara, they're right there in that same vein as Kaysen Wallace. Uh, but it's it's a crime that Osar Thompson is not on this team. I don't understand it. I know he's on the Pistons, a terrible team, but he's not getting as many minutes now as he was earlier in the season. But Osar Thompson is still, if you're going by fantasy numbers, which some of you may care about, he's still the third highest rookie in scoring in fantasy. Well, fourth. He's fourth because you got to include Chet in that. But he's fourth. He's been... Amazing at times for a long time. Kaysen Wallace has kind of just been a steady force on a good team. Nothing too crazy. Showing good signs. You know, he's 19th in scoring. Uh, he's 18th in scoring. But, I mean, I, I, I'm i happy for Kaysen Wallace, but there's no reason he should have made it over All-Star Thompson for sure. And then Marcus Sasser and Tumani Kamara's stats are similar, if not better, than Kaysen Wallace's. Um, so, I just had to throw that out there. <laughs> so it, at, at minimum, it should have been 12 guys. R.S.R. Thompson definitely should be in there. 
But let me give you some other stats. That shocked me, you know. So some other stats for rookies right now. There are eight players right now in the NBA that are averaging more than 10 points a game, rookies. And that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, You know, and the ninth guy is right under 10. So we got some rookies being very productive. Four players, four rookies are averaging over five rebounds. Two rookies are averaging over four assists. Six rookies are averaging at least a steal per game. Four rookies are averaging at least a block or more per game. So that's pretty good production as far as the midway point of the season. And like I said, guys are starting to get minutes now that we're not, like Cam Whitmore and Gigi Jackson. And we're going to have more production as the year goes along. But right now, at this midway point, this is where we are. And I'm very excited about it. Let's get into some of the rookie stats. Uh, let's start with Victor Wembanyama, the king rookie. <laughs> you know, there's been talk whether Wemby or Chet should be rookie of the year. I think it's still not even close. Victor Wembanyama is in the lead by far right now, averaging 20 points per game, 10 rebounds, three assists, one steal, and three blocks per game. That's just ridiculous production. That's insane. Uh, he's still playing amazing putting up a double-double just about every night, whether it's 20-plus points, 12-plus rebounds, and the block numbers are just crazy. The other night he had five blocks against the Magic, and it seems like he can do that at any time that he wants. And the main thing is he's only playing around 25 minutes per game. They are being very cautious with his minutes. You know, he's he got banged up when he fell on a ball boy. Since then, he's been on a minutes limit, which is only right for the Spurs to do because what's the point of playing him big minutes on a team that's not going anywhere this season. So I think they are using him perfectly. You know, he has played 44 games out of the 50. So you may say, oh, he's resting a lot, not doing much. He is. He still played 44 games. And uh, he's averaging uh, 28 minutes per game for the season. And recently it's been around 25 minutes and he's still being productive. He can be productive in 20 minutes. It's insane. I'm loving it. I hope he stays healthy and finishes out the season. He deserves this rookie of the year. It's not a co-rookie of the year. Victor Wimiyama is the rookie of the year right now. Next, let's get to Chet Holmgren. He has played the whole 50 games, like I said, and he's playing 30 minutes per game. He's averaging 17 points, seven and a half rebounds, three assists, half a steal, and 2.6 blocks per game. That is still very, very good production. And he's on a winning team. But for me, winning team does not matter in the rookie of the year race. Chet Holmgren was drafted third to the OKC Thunder and not even this year. So they were not the third worst team in this draft. So, of course, they're not going to be a bad team. (laughs) You know what I mean? They basically were able to tank last year, even though they didn't. But they had Chet, and now they have incoming rookies from this year. Their team has just gotten better. The Spurs were the worst team last year, and they got Victor. So, of course, you're not going to be in the same playoff chase race as the Thunder. It's not a knock on the player. Chet's team is better. It's just no way around that. Nothing Victor can do can make his team equal Chet's. So you got to look at it like that. Rookie of the year should not be based on team wins at all. But Chet's playing great. He's kind of coming down a little bit from the high he was earlier. Earlier in the season, he was putting 20 and 10 up easily. But lately, he's been more fitting in with the flow of the game. 
you know, playing big minutes, but not always scoring double-digit points, not always getting double-digit rebounds. The blocks are great. Um, you know, it's still less than Victor, but he's had a five-block game recently, six-block game recently. Um, he has the guys for the OKC Thunder to just funnel them into him, and he's pretty much the only big guy out there uh, for the majority of the time, so it allows him to get blocks a little bit easier. But if anything, you could say it's a long season, guys. This is He didn't play at all last year. He's used to a college schedule, so he might be dipping a little bit. But look toward the end of the season, the last half of the season. I think his numbers will go back up a little bit, and they might push the race to be a little tighter. But right now, solid second best rookie, <clears throat> Chet Holmgren. Next, let's go to Brandon Miller for the Charlotte Hornets. He's been killing it in the last month. Um, I don't know why exactly. <laughs> um, you know, Gordon Hayward is out. Uh, but Miles Bridges is still there. Terry Rozier just got traded. But even before Rozier got traded, Brandon Miller started to ramp it up. For the season, he's playing 31 minutes per game, 16 points per game, three uh, 3.9 rebounds, four rebounds, two assists, a half steal, half block per game. Those numbers are good, but the last four games, 35 points, 28 points, 21, 29 so he is potentially going to ramp it up a lot. And that's if the team stays as is. The Charlotte Hornets, they're looking to do some moves at the trade line, possibly with the guy that's in his position, Miles Bridges. If Miles Bridges is out of the door and they don't bring another stud in, Brandon Miller's production could go through the roof. Uh, I think the Hornets would be dumb to trade Miles Bridges for peanuts, but we will see what happens. It will definitely help. Brandon Miller's production, if Miles Bridges is gone, like I said, Terry Rozier is already gone. Gordon Hayward is hurt. And they may even move P.J. Washington. So we don't know what this team is going to look like, but Brandon Miller is ramping up. The three-point production is there. Um, for the season, he's at 38.5% from three. And like I said, it's been going up. You know, And I, I can't say enough about this young man. Charlotte did not want him at all. They wanted Scoot Henderson including myself, but right now it's looking like he was the right choice for this team. I still love Scoot Henderson, but having LaMelo and Brandon Miller, that could be a great piece, two great pieces for their future, and I could see why they did it more clearly now because Brandon Miller's being everything that the Hornets hoped and dreamed that he would. Up next, we have Jaime Jaquez for the Miami Heat. Averaging 13 points per game, four boards, three assists, one steal per game. Now, Jaime Jaquez was going on a rampage earlier when Jimmy Butler and all those guys were out with the heat. Unfortunately for him, he missed um, six games. The rest of the team pretty much got healthy, and now he's back to being a 20-minute per, per game guy, and his numbers are down. So, like I said, for the season, he's averaging 13 points per game, but over the last five games... He's averaging around seven points per game. So that's with the team healthy. He's not getting as many opportunities. But this team, they don't care too much about the regular season. I think his production will jump back up. Jimmy's not going to play the whole season like that, more than likely. But they have a lot of guys that are solid. But Jaime Hawkins has shown flashes of, I can be really good. I should be the starter for this team. So I think that should ramp back up. You know, last month, 
uh, the end of December, he had a 31.10 rebound game. And then after that, 17 and 5 and 6. 17 points, 5 boards, 6 assists. That's that's tremendous. So, I mean, some 20-point games in there. But the last five games, his production has been very low. Minutes, like I said, 25 and under. But Jaime Jaquez deserves to be on this team. Future still bright for the <clears throat> Miami Heat. Next, we have Scoot Henderson, my guy. He's a fifth leading scorer right now for rookies. Unfortunately, he's just played. Well, it seems like he's played like 25, 30 games. Scoot Henderson has played 41 of the 50 games, you know, and he missed some time with the injury. <clears throat> That's surprising to me to see 41 games right there. Brandon Miller's played 42. So that's good. You know, he's played every game lately. Sometimes he's starting, sometimes he's not. Portland seems like they still don't know what they want to do. I think they're showcasing Malcolm Brogdon to get a higher trade value for him. And when he's gone, I think for the second half of the season, Scoot's production will rise through the roof. Right now, Scoot's averaging 13 points, three boards, four and a half assists, a half steal per game. And that's in 27 minutes per game. So if uh, Brogdon is gone, that 26 minutes per game should go up to at least 33 minutes per game instantly. Um, his production has been great lately. He recently had a 30-point game with five boards and two assists. He had a 22-point game with four assists, two steals, and a block. Had a 33-point game in the middle of January with nine assists. So the numbers are there. The flashes are there. I've seen clips of him just flying down the court. The scoot that we saw with the G League Ignite, I'm seeing flashes. He's shooting threes with confidence. Right now he's at 31.5% from three. I think that will continue to increase. And I love the way he is easing into the game. A lot of people are just going to focus on what they've heard from him. Like, oh, he's not good. He's not a bust. I mean, he's a bust. He's not in the rookie of the year conversation with Victor and Chet. So it was a bad pick. The trajectory for Scoot Henderson is going up, let me tell you. I remember Trey Young had a bad first half of his rookie season as well. He looked like a bad draft pick. It looked like a bad move for the Hawks taking him over Luka, which, I mean, they're both great, so you, that's debatable. But after that second half of that first season, Trey Young took off. So look for Scoot Henderson to do the same thing. And we have Keontae George. For the Utah Jazz, he's averaging 11 points per game, three boards, four assists. Him and Scoop, uh, are, by the way, are the two rookies averaging over four assists per game. And Keontae George has impressed. You know, a lot of people thought it might be a struggle for him to get minutes, but he's came in and he's actually taken over that starting point guard role. But then he would get hurt. Then he'd start doing good. Then he'd get hurt. You know, he's he has played 45 games. But he's getting banged up a little bit, and that's slowing him down, pushing him back. We will see what happens with the trade deadline because they have a lot of average guards <clears throat> to where we know what they are. Colin Sexton, uh, Chris Dunn, we know what they are. Jordan Clarkson, these are all small guards in the Utah's uh, lineup. Keontae George, we don't know his ceiling. We know he's had some big-time games, a lot of 19-point games in the last month. And a lot of big rebound and assist games. So we know he can do, we know what some of what he can do. Has he truly had the reins to do everything? 
Not necessarily. You know, he, he normally ne- doesn't even get close to 30 minutes per game. So if a trade happens, if an injury happens, and those minutes go up, Keontae George is already seventh leading scorer as far as rookies. That could go up tremendously. And like I said, number two in assists per rookies, that number could go up tremendously. So look out for the Utah Jazz at the trade deadline. Next, we have Derek Lively. And we have some news on Derek Lively. If you hadn't heard, he broke his nose recently uh, at the end of January. So he's out right now. I don't know how long he will be out. You know, sometimes you can put a mask on and play. Uh, It depends, you know. He's a big man. He's going to be in the paint banging around. If he gets hit again, I don't know. They might want to protect him. I don't know. But he possibly could miss this. Rising Stars game. And then if he does, Osar will find a way in there, I'm sure, hopefully. Uh, But I expect him to wear a mask and be back soon. But right now, he's questionable until he comes back. But Derek Lively is probably one of the best defenders in this class, obviously, because he's a center with a long reach. He is playing 26 minutes per game, nine points per game, eight rebounds, one assist, a half steal, and 1.4 blocks per game the third leading shot blocker in this class. And we know what he can do as far as rebounds and putbacks. His last game that he got hurt in, he had a nice double-double with 20 points, 11 boards, a steal and a block. So you hate to see when the rookies are doing good and then, boom, an injury sets them back. You know, in late December, he had a 20-10 and game also. So this is the guy the Mavs need in there. But every time he gets going, he gets banged up. So, like, from January 5th to the 13th, he was hurt. Now, the 31st until whenever he comes back, he's hurt. So we got to keep Derek Lively on the court. You know, he's 10th in scoring, third in rebounds, third in blocks. And I want to see what he can do to help this team. You know, there's been talk they might bring in another center. So injuries, I'm telling you, they can halt your season. But Derek Lively has been impressive for the Mavs. Next, we have Brandon Podzgimski. He's played 40 games, 25 and a half minutes per game. Nine and a half points per game, five and a half boards, three and a half assists, and one steal per game. Now, Brandon Posnitsky, Pods, as the people like to call him, is a he's he's a very fortunate, you know, <laughs> because of the series of circumstances that happened, he's been allowed to play these minutes. If Chris Paul had not been hurt, Brandon Posnitsky would not be playing anywhere near twenty-five and a half minutes per game. The plan for Brandon was to develop this first year, come in next year. Because I think they were going to keep Chris Paul for one season, and then he'd be out. But with the injury to Chris Paul, Brandon has been thrust into the lineup. And he's played well, you know, because he's not necessarily a scoring guard. He's a do-it-all guard. You know, with he's got good points, rebounds, and assists, and steals. So he's got a little defensive game to him as well. He's got the height at 6'4", and he also has the fact that the Warriors are not a really good team this year. So they're not forcing Clay to play the whole game or Steph to play the whole game, you know. So they have room for him in there with Chris Paul being out. And, you know, he's shooting up good from the field and really good from three at 37%. I love the way he cares for his team. You know, he takes it on himself when he makes a mistake and he wants to make up for it. So Brandon Pozemski, very bright spot for the Warriors. And, you know, it took a while for Kaminga 
his rookie season, the talent was there, but he just didn't get much of the opportunity. Moses Moody still not getting much of the opportunity, but Brandon has came in there and played very well. We'll see what happens. They could move Chris Paul at the deadline, and that'll keep this window open for pods. We will see. Next, we have Bilal Kalabali, the teenager from the Washington Wizards, having a solid season, averaging eight points per game, four boards, two assists, one steal, and one block per game. That's the that's the good thing about his game. You know, you don't see anything that stands out too much, but the one steal and one block per game, that's very good, very good. And, you know, he's showing signs. This is clearly a developmental year for him. He would be better off playing in the G League this whole year, <clears throat> but he's getting thrust into the lineup for the Wizards because, one, they're not that good. Uh, two, they're not that good. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's just what it is. He basically is on a G League team in the NBA. So they're putting him out there at around 20 minutes per game. Uh, for the season, he's averaging 26 per minutes per game. But sometimes it's 16, 22, 17, 19. It's not really as consistent as I would want it to be. I don't know if they're expecting perfection out of him. I don't know if they're trying to shop Kispert and Advia. But Bilal, in my opinion, should be starting on this team. Throw him out to the fire. He's a future player for you guys. He's got the length, the wingspan, the athleticism, the defensive capability. He needs to be started on this team, and he possibly could in the second half of the season. We will see if the Wizards make any trades. But I love his all-around production. Um, you know, the end of January, he had a three-steal game. He had a four-block game. So he's putting up some nice numbers. It's hard for him to score. But he did have a 19-point game recently, but he's just not consistent with the scoring. So Bilal Kulavali deserves to be on this Rising Stars rookie team, and I hope to see him continue to progress during the end of the season. Next, we have Jordan Hawkins for the Pelicans, having a really good year, averaging 10 points per game, three boards, one and a half steals. That's about it. But the three-point shooting is what's really helping him out at 38% from three. And he's played 44 games. So he's had some big-time performances for the Pelicans. Um, at the midpoint of January, he had 34-point game with five boards and two steals and four assists. And he had a 30-point game earlier in the season as well. When he gets an opportunity, when they have guys out, he really has shown that he can fill a role. You know, he's had a 21-point game recently as well. His minutes have been kind of in the teens lately. So his production's down. When the Pelicans, like I said, are healthy, his minutes go down. When they're missing a guy like Herb Jones or Trey Murphy, Brandon Ingram, and you notice I'm, not, I'm, I'm naming guys all his size, his position type range. <clears throat> when they're banged up and out, he, it's good for uh, Jordan Hawkins. But when they're playing, it's really hard for him to hit, get on the court. So, again, they're another team that can make a trade. We'll see. The trade deadline is three days away. But I like what Jordan Hawkins has done. He's a guy that people did not even want to touch in fantasy because in dynasty or fantasy, but regular fantasy redraft, because you know you have all those guards and forwards ahead of him, but he still managed to be able to cut out a role for himself and show his value, show his worth. You got to love it. Next and last is Kaysen Wallace, you know, he's played all 50 games. He's averaging seven points per game. Two boards, one and a half assists, almost a steal per game, a half block per game. And he really is just putting up defensive numbers. The scoring is never really there. He's had 
five, uh, six double-digit point games since Christmas. So, I mean, that's not many. He's played every game. But <clears throat> the other numbers are nice. The steals and blocks are consistent, one and one for the most part. And he's just putting all-around game up. He is injured as well. Uh, he hurt his shoulder in the last game, so he may miss a little bit of time. He missed the game. Uh, well, he left the last game early, and that allowed Wiggins to come in and play well for them. Aaron Wiggins, not Wiggins from Golden State. Um, but Casey Wallace, I would say he's just been solid. If there's 12 guys, I'm cool with him being on this team, but he should not be on this team over Osar Thompson. It's it's It really is a crime. But uh, he's on a great team, and he's getting minutes. When I, I didn't think he would get minutes on this team. He's averaging 21 minutes per game. You know, they were loaded at guard in OKC, but his defensive presence has allowed him to get on the court, and his shooting has really helped them. He's shooting 41% from three. He has the best three-point percentage of all these guys, of all the top 20 rookies. For I mean, of all rookies, period, except for Nick Smith Jr., uh, he's second in three-point percentage in the whole league. So that is good. That's what's helping him and helping the team, and that's what's keeping him on the court, those threes. Uh, and the defense, shooting great from the free throw line as well. But like I said, that last spot was debatable. We will see what happens. But it's going to be interesting to see this rookie game versus sophomores. Um, I, I, like I said, I wish it was rookie versus rookie, but that's the thing they have changed. So what can you do? Uh, but <clears throat> we have we clearly have more than 11 guys deserving. Like I said, if you missed it earlier, Trace Jackson Davis, Cam Whitmore, Gigi Jackson, Amen Thompson, Duop Reef, Marcus Sasser, Tamani Kamara, Osar Thompson. That's almost a whole nother team right there that deserves to be in this game. We'll see what happens next year with them if they make the sophomore uh, squad. Now, for the... Category-wise, for players, let me go down the top five in points, rebounds, assists, and blocks for all the rookies as well, just to keep you abreast to that. Leaders in points, Victor Wimbayama, 20. Chet Holmgren, 17. Brandon Miller, 16. Jaime Hotkes, 13. Scoot Henderson, 13. Rebounds, Wimbayama, 10. Derek Lively, 8. Chet Holmgren, 7.5. Osar Thompson, 6.5. Tosan, Ivan uh, that doesn't count because he's only played like one game. But he's at 6.5. Uh, let me see if I can get you a fifth guy in there. <laughs> Let's see. Let's give it to Tamani Kamara at 4.7. Would be your fifth guy. As far as assists, Scoot Henderson, 4.5. Keontae George, 4. Brandon Pozemski, 3.5. Victor Wimbayama is fourth in assists for rookies at 3.2. That's crazy. Craig Porter Jr. at 3 assists per game. And he was playing really well in the beginning of the season as well. Undrafted rookie. He just hasn't had that many games and many minutes He since, you know, the team's gotten healthy. As far as blocks, Victor Wimayama, of course, again, he's leading in four different categories, guys. Points, rebounds, blocks, and steals. That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. And um, I was going to say, is he in on the assist list? Too? Let me see. <laughs> this is insane. He averages three assists per game. Yeah, he, he's fourth in assists. He's top. He's, oh my God. Victor Wimiyama is first in four different categories and fourth in assists. Insane. Anyway, as far as blocks, Victor with three, Chet Holmgren two and a half, Derek Lively 
1.4. All-Star Thompson with one. They have someone that's not a rookie in here, so I'm going to add another guy for you guys. Let's do Pazemskin, All-Star, and Pazemskin, Bilal Koulibaly are at 0.9 per game, so they retired for fifth. As far as steals, Victor Wembanyama at 1.2. Jaime Jaquez, Ayman Thompson, Tumani Kamar are all tied with 1.1. Marquise Noel, who's barely played, but an undrafted rookie at 1. And minutes per game, Brandon Miller and Chet Holmgren are leading in that area. You could throw Jaime Jaquez as third in there. But minutes, that's not too big a deal. That's um circumstantial. But that is the state of the rookies thus far this season. It's been a very fun season. I can't wait to watch the rookie Rising Stars team game. I'm sure it's going to be fun. I'm sure Chet and Victor won't play that much. So they might want to think about that and add another spot. <laughs> like I said, we're going to try to get All-Star Thompson in there. Everybody hit up. Hashtag All-Star should be in the game. I, I don't know. That's too long. But <laughs> I just figured I'd do this show to... Keep you updated on that. The rookies are still chugging along at the halfway point. No major injuries to speak of. So I can't wait to see the second half of the season and that game. I will be back to tell you about that game, recap it. And we'll see you then. Until next time, subscribe to the All Rookie Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at William Bill. And I'm out of here. Peace.